Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. We are taking a little different format today. Dylan's traveling or busy or, or both. So I was going to do a solo episode um, like we've done in the past, but figured we'd change it up a little bit and, and try a completely different and new format. So today is going to be an interview show. It'll just be me and my, my awesome guest. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. So we're going to interview today. It'll be an interview with a construction entrepreneur's wife. And if you haven't guessed who that special guest is yet, then let me introduce my amazing wife, Carrie Vetter. She is mother to our three incredibly challenging and hell-raising but awesome boys. She is a badass homemaker. She is a master gardener growing almost an acre worth of vegetables that, that feeds us every year. She is a raiser of chickens extraordinaire, both for eggs and for killing. And of course, she is my ride or die without a doubt. Today also happens to be our 18th anniversary. So without further ado, guys, let me introduce Carrie Vetter to the show. Carrie, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. So, are we supposed to cheers since it's our anniversary? We or can are we cheers. not allowed to drink on the show? No, this is our show today. So we're mm -hmm. we're having a glass of wine while we're while we're interviewing Carrie about the, the ins and outs of of living with a construction maniac like myself. Which is why they're plastic glasses and not real glass. That's exactly why. Hmm. So let's get right into it. Um, I'm gonna ask you some questions. Okay. And you're just gonna off the cuff answer them. There's no, so, there's no right or wrong. So you just respond how you feel and we can edit anything bad about me out later in, in post. Sound good? So we have to tell people I don't know what the questions are? Carrie does not know what the questions are. She's trying <laughs> to read them off of my notepad, but we're just going to jump right into it. So first and foremost, what is it like being married to an entrepreneur? And I'm not talking the fuzzy stuff. I'm talking the good, the bad, the ugly. Lay it out there. Jeez. I don't know. Um, obviously, it's good, but it has its definite downfalls because you're always working. That, that tends to be the life. Yes, it is. Um, but I understand that now because we've been together for a few years. Um, I don't know. What was the other part? So what's it like being married to, to an entrepreneur? So it's not like being married to someone who punches a nine to five on a clock and, and come home and, and shut it all off, right? I, I get that. You know that. Um, you know, the entrepreneur's mind and, and business world never stop. So it's it's definitely a different different view into an American dream. Yeah. Um I would love for you to come home and throw your phone on the dresser when you change and not touch it and not look at it or worry about it. But I know that that's not the reality, which is a good thing, but it's also part of the ugly. Um, but I think we've gotten to the point, you know, there's phones aren't at the table for the most part when we're having meals, which is huge. Um, do I also know that when we're watching family movie night, and you're really kind of distant and you're worried about the next job or what is going on that I know exactly what's going on in your head. So you could probably call that the good, the bad and the ugly. So it's a little bit of both, a little bit of all three. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of the compromise, right? That's part of the compromise of, for me too, of doing what I do. I, I don't get to shut it off, but, but I do think we're getting to a point where it's getting better, where I'm able to, I'm able to leave and, and trust that my team can kind of handle shit and that the house isn't going to burn down while I'm gone for a few days at least, which quite honestly hasn't, that's been a new thing in the last, last year. year, year and a half most. I mean, it used to be vacations were, were vacations for you and the boys and I was just kind of there working and. It wasn't a vacation for me because <laughs> you were always pissy about something that was messing up at work. And I try and hide that from the boys because we're on this so-called vacation. Um, but I think you're right. Last October, because we go to Florida 
every October for the last, what, four years now? Yeah. So it was last year that you did. You actually left your phone in the rental house the entire time. And when we would go outside. And it's a great feeling. And you were on your computer in the mornings, having coffee, looking out at the ocean with the boys. We're also on their computers doing the virtual work. But other than that, you weren't all stressed out and fielding ridiculous calls of everything was on fire and a lot of that the world was ending. Yeah. A lot of that speaks to to the team I've built or yeah. started to build because we've we've had some folks in the past who uh they just they didn't they didn't mesh well with us and, and those vacations turned into nothing more than me working probably more than I work when I'm here. It was awful. <laughs> but there's a lot of good side in it too in that you know we get to take these vacations now and yeah and we can do things that we're not, we weren't able to do before so I think there's a a healthy balance and there's always room for improvement. So next question, and it's on along the kind of along the same lines. What do you do to deflect the stress at at home? Because I know there are definitely times when, when I bring all of it home, um, how are you able to, to hear me bitching and moaning? Because I unload on you constantly. You're Mm -hmm. kind of a good sounding board for me. So how are you able to hear all that, but then stay upbeat and lifted and positive for for the boys and for me (laughs) i'd say it's you know kind of a mental shit show of uh trying to figure it out because i have to um they'll look at me and they know that there's something going on with you but then um no thanks then we just kind of keep going and I, they're old enough now, except for our youngest is eight. So for the most part, the older two, I can just say, you know, something's going on, but everything's fine. Don't worry about it. And, um, I don't know if it's deflecting it because they've grown up with knowing that you own your own company for the most part. So they understand that. It's not an eight to four or eight to five or nine to five, whatever it is now, um, that dad is always kind of working. And on these said vacations we've talked about, sometimes you do have to just stop and go in the other room and jump on your computer because somebody needs you to look at some contract or whatever it might be. And they just know that that's part of it. And so and we just keep rolling. Well, yeah, we have And you to. might catch up. With us, you know, it doesn't stop me from taking them to the beach or going down to the pool or whatever. And dad's going to catch up with us in a little bit. So let me let me kind of expand upon that because our oldest is now 15. Yep. Holy shit. <laughs> but he's kind of lived through the full spectrum. So when he was born, we owned a, a separate, different company for about the first seven eight years of his life, give or take. Um, then I took a job working for someone else for five or six years. Uh, my math is wrong. I don't remember what it was. But anyways, there was a period of time in there where I worked for somebody else. So I don't know, but I, you know, the, the stress that I was under when I worked for that other company for that short period of time, I feel like was, was far greater than what I am now. Different stress, obviously. I wasn't worried about keeping the entire boat floating then. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was stressful, and it, it also proved to me that I, I'm just not a good employee. I don't want to work for anyone else. Um, but, you know, it, it's hard not to bring that shit home, because when you're in it all day long, it's hard not to bring it home and then just kind of unload it, and without exploding. Yeah. Um, it's different though, from when you worked for somebody else and now when you work for yourself, like the stressors, um, have benefits that you didn't have when you were working for someone else. So like, you know, that you're working hard, you're busting your butt and the work never stops. 
but there's a reward that you're going to see directly versus, um, and so if I, I'll let you, are we supposed to swear? You can say whatever you want. Okay. So when you're bitching and I'm listening and all this stuff goes on, then I can just stop you when you're done and be like, okay, but at the end of the day, you own the company. This sucks right now, but it's going to get better because of, you know, ABC or XYZ. And, um, when you're working for someone else, you can't say that. So I sit there, listen, and I just like, okay, just suck it up and deal with it. And that's it. So, so I guess that's kind of the benefit of the ultimate benefit of having true skin in the game. You're, you're, yeah. you're working towards a bigger vision, a bigger goal. Yes. Which is also definitely what is taught. Like you were talking about with Noah being the oldest, um, like that's taught him that for sure. And absolutely. Um, Lucas is only two years younger. I think they see that directly as well, that you work harder when you are going to see the direct reward sure. versus just walking in and having a direct deposit of a paycheck. And that makes sense. So that, and that's a good segue to our next question. What were your thoughts when, when I first told you that I wanted to, to give it a go at owning a business? And this was probably back in, oh gosh, I don't even know. The, the, first, the first commercial business that, that we ever owned, commercial construction business we ever owned, was probably started in 03, 04, somewhere around there. Um, well, it was when Lucas was starting to walk. That was before that. No, no, no. Um, okay, so that was when you started, when you got the office outside of our house. Because the office, Matt's office was downstairs in the basement and the kitchen was like directly above. And if anybody has kids, they know that um, when they're learning to walk, they try and climb on everything. They push everything and they'd be pushing our kitchen dining room chairs across the floor. And you'd come up and be like, I was in the middle of a call. What the heck is going on? And it sounded like a steamroller was right. going on upstairs. Or during nap time, I would try and, you know, run the vacuum or do whatever I could. And then the same situation. And that's when I started looking at offices for rent to get you out of the house. <laughs> so, but, but what went through your head? Like what, when, when you realize like, holy shit, he's serious, he's going to stop having any sort of employer with a normal paycheck. And we are going to jump headfirst into this business ownership thing. Did it scare the shit out of you? Were you excited? Did you trust me? I wasn't me? excited. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it scared me for sure, because that's not anything, um, I know about. I worked from, you know, when I was 14 on through what Noah was 10 months old when I left the workforce, like the real paycheck workforce. Um, so yeah, it was scary. Um, health insurance, like everything, but you and I have known each other for a while and for a minute. Yeah. Um, so I definitely had confidence and I knew that you wouldn't take something like that on if you didn't think you could do it. So, um, I mean, I played the cheerleader role for quite a while and kind of screamed in the closet later, but cause it wasn't a walk in the park for at all. No, it was pretty brutal for quite a while. Yeah. Time. Yeah, for sure. That's a long, a long road to hoe. And I mean, it was brutal for me just trying to push through the business side of it and still be a dad, still be a husband. I, I know it was horrible and brutal for you as again, as my sounding board, but also as, as a mom and the glue that holds this, this whole shit show together. So next question then, how has this whole ride been like? How does it look from your eyes and, and what would you change? Because now we're with that minor pause in the middle where I went back to work for someone else to learn some different skills. I mean, we've been business owners. We've been in the entrepreneurial space for 
15 years, 20 years, yeah. you know, with all of the different, between all the different companies that, that, that we've had from the very beginning, um, it's been a long, a long road, long road. So how has it looked from your eyes? And, and do you see, you know, I, I hope you're going to tell me you see amazing progress and I'm the best damn businessman <laughs> you've, you've ever heard of, but legitimately, you know, what, what would you change or, or, you know, does it look, does it look like something you imagined it would look 15 years ago when we first had this conversation? Well, that definitely not. Um, um, but I'll go back when you were working for somebody else. Um, yes, you had the stress, but you weren't around. Like even when you were here, like that's where it's different. Uh, you weren't present. You could be sitting at the dinner table, but I know for a fact that you had no idea what the story was that one of our kids was babbling on about or, um, or even when I was talking, you weren't listening. Um, there were a lot of nights that you were home maybe to catch bedtime. So the hours for being an entrepreneur working for someone else obviously changed. You know, when you are working for yourself, you're on, like moms are, we're on call 24 hours a day and then plus some, but, um, you're here and I can tell you, and there's, there's lots of times I have to rein you in. Um, hey, just check out for a minute. And he has something he really wants to talk to you about. So put your project on hold for a second or something. Um, we can grab you for lunch where we couldn't do that before. Or I can't remember the last time you, well because we're in sports season hell right now. I can say the last time you haven't been here at dinner, but we're running. That's just because you're running to one where and I'm running to another game or whatever. Yeah. We've talked about that on the show. It, it's, Oh my God. It's effing crazy for these two, three months. Well, even until, today. I just got back from a game. Yeah. Until baseball's done and, and we can settle down again. It's, it's crazy. So we, we kind of slap hands on the way in or out of the door and, Never know where we're actually at. <laughs> see it, see it when we see it, type thing. But other than that, yeah, I mean, so that's the difference. So even though maybe your hours on the, you know, payroll side or something were, I don't even know, seven to five or whatever it might have been, that was not even close to the case. So. Well, and it was pretty telling to me. So last night, <clears throat> we were we were kind of chilling out at the, in the evening, and um, we're sitting on the couch with our youngest, our eight-year-old, and he asked me, he goes, Dad, you know, what was that that saying you used to have taped up on your, your computer in your, your office downstairs when you worked in the oh, basement? Oh, right, yeah. He said something about working 40 hours and not working 80. And so basically it was a sticker I had on my computer that, that said entrepreneurs are, are willing to work 80 hours a week to not work 40. And I explained that whole thing to our eight-year-old and it seemed to click with him. You know, he, he actually got it. And he was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. So it's, it's, it's amazing to see that the boys at least are kind of seeing, you know, what, why it is I'm doing what I'm doing and, and what's, what's benefiting us all because of that. Oh, they're absolutely seeing it. Um, and Oliver is eight so it's been what five years so the first two of his life you were working with another company right yes so okay I'll be, I'll be so he's years. essentially only known you working for yourself and right with I'll the company be, i'll be five years at schaefer construction in a couple months here so this is all he knows and has grown up so it's different and it would be interesting to kind of interview you know ask the kids what do you think an entrepreneur is or what do you think i do or did and because i know with noah i mean you traveled a lot i was gone all the time so even though you worked for yourself that job was a different role than now but i was essentially a single mom with two really little kids yeah i it mean was, it was he almost was seven years yeah and i, I mean that travel 
That's why I stopped towards that the end. That was a lot. <laughs> towards the end, I was traveling six days a week. How did we make it 18 years? Well, obviously, <laughs> something worked, right? Jeez, yeah. So, kind of switching gears, in the last year or so, you have personally really taken more of an active role in, in directly helping me kind of run certain aspects of the company, both directly and indirectly. You, you know the growth that we're experiencing, obviously. You know the struggles. You know all the bullshit that we're fighting through. Um, but you've been a big help in, in helping with planning and, and scheduling things, helping with you know some of the, the ancillary stuff that, that we need so much, like getting shirts to give out to all of our trade partners, getting uh, events organized and, and scheduled. A whole lot of these, these things that, you know, five years ago, yeah, I could do it all myself and it was, it was no big shake. Now it's like, I, I've got too much on my plate. I, I physically can't do it anymore. So what I'm curious though is, is how, how is getting more of an inside look helped you kind of see things perhaps through my eyes? Like, is it, has what your enroll, your involvement in the last year, your increased involvement, has that given you a different perspective of, of what I'm doing or, or what like a day-to-day -day looks like for, for me as an owner of a construction company? Um, kind of, but what you just described kind of sounds like the many hats that moms wear. So, Touché. um, you know, the different things like you talk about. So yeah, you've grown quite a bit. So it's easy to forget maybe the smaller things that are also very important. Um, you know, we're at the end of the year and whether it be the, the $5 Starbucks or Panera gift cards for the teachers that I need to get for 8,000 teachers that our kids have, um, or the coaches or making sure that somebody has, um, the shirt that they need to wear to the end of school field day or whatever it might be. So um, those things are just stuff that I'm used to kind of doing and or remembering that it's one of your team members birthdays. And like whether I saw it on Facebook or whatever platform and like, hey, did you know that it's so-and-so's birthday and maybe you guys should have, you know, a box of these on hand, you know, birthday cards and things like that. Um, and the events, like you've gotten really big into wanting to build the team, which is awesome. And Absolutely. I'm not technically part of the team, but I know how to manage events while well, I'm learning how to do events. And so helping with all those details, because you don't have time. Um, even your most recent, you got business, new business cards, which were really very cool, but dealing with all of that and all of these little tiny details. So yeah, if there's things that I can take off your plate um, that I hear you talk about, then it's, um, I'd like to help if it's something that buys you some extra time with us and less worry. Well, it, it's been a huge help and, you know, you're kind of like my, my de facto assistant, personal assistant in business and all things life, you know, along with obviously my wife and you know, mother of our kids and all that. So it, it's been an enormous benefit to me to know that I can, not necessarily that I want to pass my busy work off on anyone, but I, I've reached a point, you know, that I just... If I, if I can't do it all and I keep trying to, then it's all going to burn to the fucking ground. Right. And so having, having you on my corner able to just grab that stuff and, and kind of spearhead some of it has been huge. So in, in kind of the same vein, you know, you, you know my vision. You know my vision for the company and for our lives better than anyone other than myself. What are your thoughts? Am I am I a lunatic? <laughs> are my my goals, you know, out of control, or are you are you with me here? Well, obviously I'm with you. 
Um, you're only a lunatic sometimes, but that's temporary. Um, and it's in a good way. Um, no, your vision, I mean, look at what you've done in the last... I don't even know what the questions are on your sheet, so I don't know the timeline. Um, I'd say the last year, is that about right? Like, your growth within the company from, like, so... It went from three to six. Our, yeah, our, our revenue growth has been pretty extreme in the last year and a half, two years. Okay. So so we're five years in now. So it took really about, you know, three years of kind of kind of stagnant. You know, we, we can't, we, we ramped up right away. And I think that's just a function of having another person in the mix driving the ship. Uh, but then it was just kind of stagnant. And we actually, we, we dipped year two. Year three was back up to kind of our new average. But then year four and year five have just gone through the roof. Right. So that should tell you that you're not a lunatic or... Um, or that I am. Well, I said that. but <laughs> <laughs> um, And, you know, behind you, you've got your core values and you are um, you're very big on them. And I don't really know, like, the correct wording, but they're very important to you, and you can see that in not just what you're doing, but you're implementing that within the team and here at home, too. Um, you're driving that 100% um, with the boys and, you know, like I said, at our home. And they are huge to me. And and I'm really, especially in the last, I don't know, six months to a year, I've been really incredibly proud of the team that, that I'm building. Right. And, you know, when I get these random emails or random calls from from subs and trade partners or, or whoever saying, like, holy shit, dude, your team is amazing. Like, you guys are fun to work with you're a, you're a true partner. Like to me that like, it chokes me up when I see them. And, and we've seen a couple of these come in in the last recent past. And it's like, wow, that, that alone to me is worth more than anything else. Yeah. You know? And and if I can rub some off onto our little dudes here, hell, all the better. Yeah. I mean, that should be a, you know, a true, that is a true testimonial of how you're doing, you know, when you get emails like that and, People say it, you know, to your face or on the phone. I mean, that's awesome. So you're definitely, you're instilling the core values into everybody that you're around. It, that's what I see. And see, I don't. I would disagree with you. I'm not necessarily instilling it. I'm, I'm telling them what my values are, but I've been able to find people that already have those same values, whether they know it or not. And I think that's the, that's the differentiator there, right? I, I've been able to grab people and bring them into our team that, you know, they may not know that they may not know what the hell a hundred to zero means. Right. But I've seen something in them that clicked with me. And it was like, well, shit, this guy or this woman, sh they have it. I wasn't talking about like your team members, like your employees. I was talking about like the team of people that you work with. Okay. Like the team because that's what I think you really actually consider them as a team. Um, so your, your desire to really put your core values into everyday actions and everyday, everything that you guys do is, I think, really an eye-opener for the other I say team. I don't know subs or no. I call them my team all the time. Okay, so I think they're the ones that are noticing too. You know that I say, "Wow, you know what are they doing over there that maybe we're not?" Or um, I like that core value sign that you have in your office. And what does that actually mean? What does the hundred to zero mindset mean? Um, that's what I meant. I, and I think you're right. I mean, the people you found. You found them for a reason on your payroll team. Let's put it that way. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, those people are there for a reason, and 
yeah, they already had it, but now like you're really trying to get it out and make them see that they have it and be more confident or yeah, for humbly sure. Confident. Humbly confident. Humbly. <laughs> and it's been a fun ride. Um, I think you just nailed it. That's it. Like it is our team. And I preach that to, to my internal team. I preach it to you and the boys. Right. I preach it to all of our trade partners, all of our subs, suppliers, vendors, everyone that we're, we're struggling through this current economic and administrative climate together. Yeah. You know, I, I can't tell you how many conversations I have every day with guys who call me scared shitless and saying, you know, I, you know, the world's falling apart. The sky is falling. It's all going to go up in flames. And I don't necessarily disagree all the time, but it's pretty cool to be able to get to the point where I can have these discussions with my, my guys. And I say guys, I mean my team, everybody, but, and, and kind of like help talk them off the ledge and show them examples. Like, listen, man, you HVAC, uh, contractor you did this this and this in the last year to fight through the struggle bus that we were all on in 2021 why the hell don't you think we can do it now in 2022 and in 23 24 so which is what i kind of do for you too yes 100 <laughs> percent, right and that, that's why this is such a great yeah great like team here because i don't have that person without you right and 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 i don't think you can function at a level that I have to be functioning at without having that, that counterpoint. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there's definitely a lot of times that, um, I'll listen to what you're saying and I'll tell you that you, you know, I think you're full of shit and that's probably not the best route to take. And maybe you should do this or that. Um, but that's also because I, we do talk to each other. I, I don't know when we find the time to talk to each other right now, but I know, um, you know, all the ins and outs of a lot of things, whether it be jobs to people and stuff. So, well, and, it, it's, and I know the way you talk with, yeah, I mean, you have a good way of talking with people, but then there's sometimes where it's like, well, maybe you probably shouldn't do that. You can say it. I, <laughs> I turn into a fucking pirate real fast and I don't know. You've been a good, yeah moderator for some of that or, or a lot of that well yeah and you mentioned i'll say something about yelling or whatever and you're like you have never actually heard me yell and i'm like what you, you just raised to. your voice <laughs> you're like you've never heard me actually yell and i don't i don't do that i, I can't remember the last i can't remember the last time but it's been years yeah <clears throat> and that's a good thing right because i grew up through my my 20s my 30s you know, it's a cutthroat industry and it's an industry full of very aggressive, very type A male dominated personalities where if you don't fight and claw your way to the top, you're going to be drowned. And back in the day, I thought that was the way to do it was to be the loudest, the, the meanest, you know, and I've, yeah. what I've learned in the last decade of doing this shit is that there's a different way to handle these things. There's a different level of stress that I need to carry on myself. I don't need to have my blood pressure so high that I'm, you know, bulging veins out of my neck all the time. But that's how you were when you worked for somebody else. Yeah, for sure. That was a hundred percent how you were. Um, and I don't see that here in the last few years. And then, um, different things too that we poke back and forth with each other, our ideas. And I don't know how specific, but um, that recent sign that you came up with where you were recognizing and acknowledging some of the other people that are on your team versus like, so a job site that you have coming up or wherever it's at in the process right now, instead of just putting your company name on it, you're like, hey, what do you think about putting my entire team, you know, all of my subs names on it as well? And I thought that was awesome. And we kind of talked about it a little bit, but those are different things that um, being an entrepreneur's wife that, 
you know, we bounce back and forth. There's definitely been ideas that like, nope, that's a pretty shitty one. That sucks. <laughs> but with, uh, you know, that one, like, yeah, that's super cool. So these guys show up and, you know, maybe somebody's having a really crappy day. Like, wait a minute, but my name's right there on the board. So that means that somebody thinks pretty highly of me. 100%. And you just spilled the beans because I can't even install that sign until sometime in like July or August. But, but I was really careful about it. I don't know what I'm allowed to say or not. <laughs> no, it's good. It's fine. <laughs> I don't I, even know. That was the point, right? The point is that. Make somebody feel good. Make them feel good, but make them feel like they are actually Important. a part of a team. Yeah. Like my team, and I say this all the time, I preach it from the rooftops. My team extends so far outside of the four walls of our little office and that's truly how we, we've operated. And that's why I think we're seeing what we're seeing. And that's why we're going to keep kicking ass and keep driving it forward. And as long as you keep being my psychologist and, and everything else you are to me, we're going to be just fine. So, Carrie, we're getting, we're getting up on time here. I'm going to spin this on you and, and ask you a question that's going to come straight out of left field for you and your personality. But it's a question that Dylan and I ask almost every single guest we have. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, you know, the construction industry uh, pretty well. You've been a part of it for at least the last 18 years and probably longer than that because we dated for quite a while before we got married. From your vantage point, and this is where I'm really interested to see, this is completely candid. There is no wrong answer. From your vantage point, what do you see as the biggest problem we are facing in the construction industry today? And how the hell do we fix it? <laughs> well, it's hard because I only know, I shouldn't say I only know. I know what I hear from you and other people that you've interviewed before on your different podcasts. Um, so it probably will sound like a, like a broken record. Um, I would say that construction world industry people were people that um, at the time didn't want to go to college or couldn't. And um, so they decided to get into construction. Um, but that's, you know, what I've heard just a little bit like from you guys and things like that. But my take on it is that, um, you know, there was nobody in my family in the construction world. My dad was blue collar and always has been. And, um, so I, I didn't really know anything about it. Um, other than they build houses. And I think that's probably what your answer, if you went out to ask most kids, what do you think a construction, what do you think construction means? They're going to say that somebody who builds houses. So I don't think that the awareness and um, there needs to be more awareness uh, around the construction industry in general. So not it's not just like, well, you grab a hammer and some nails and go buy some wood. <laughs> um, you know, construction also includes, and you know, you're going to kill me because I'm supposed to know this sort of stuff, but... It includes architects and engineers and um, surveyors and earth workers and all this other stuff that goes into, and I'm sure I missed like a million of them. Um, no, but you're on the right track. But I don't think that there's any of that information out there, that there's more to it than just a construction job is wood and hammers and nails. Well, I, first of all, I think that's a perfect answer. So thank you. You know, that's, <clears throat> that's what I'm trying to change, right? That's why I spend so much time with these local high schools and, and going and meeting with kids and, and doing presentations and doing these, these quote unquote, Ted talks. And what you said right off the right out of the gates about, you know, construction is, you know, building houses. That's exactly the answer I get when I first walk into a classroom and I ask kids, you know, they're typically high school age, junior or junior, senior level. Like, what, what does construction mean to you? 
what do you think construction, a career in the construction industry is? Right. And that's it. It's banging hammers, building houses. Well, and to put it back to when you first did the my bio or whatever, which I don't know if I agree with all that, but with gardening, um, when I was in a classroom last year or something, I asked one of the kids about um, what vegetable or how do you make ketchup? And nobody had any idea. Or they literally thought um, hamburgers, the only answer, they had no idea what animal it came from except for McDonald's. So the, it's completely different, but. No, it's sim- it's it's lack of awareness. It's lack of education. And they it's, don't have anybody telling them. No, <laughs> if you get me going down the rabbit hole of our education system and our government right now, this will be a four-hour podcast. And Oh, and we have you, those all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going there tonight. No. At least not on record. Um, but you're totally right. And, and we had a guy on a couple weeks ago from the Construction Industry Education Foundation, which I haven't even really had a chance to talk to you about, but... We are going to team up with him and, and partner on some initiatives to bring some of this in to schools here, where we live, where we work, to to boost awareness, to boost education. Because whatever, I'm preaching to the crowd, to the choir here, but you know, construction is not a an afterthought a, a afterthought career when you can't get into college, right? It doesn't. It, it's a it's a industry that has so many potential opportunities that it's just it's a whole other episode to talk about them all dylan and i talk about it constantly but you know you nailed it it's it's awareness it's building awareness building education bringing youth into our tribe and that's how we get to the next level yeah i mean well you just said but i mean where's how do you get your food well grow it how do you get plant your a garden build it Sure. All right. So we're going to switch gears. No uh, more surprise questions. We're going to switch gears 180 degrees. Um, so construction industry, fan effing fantastic. You did really good with our, our interview, impromptu interview. What, is that over? No, no, we're still rolling. Oh. So what I didn't say <laughs> in your intro is that you carry better. Yes. Aside from all of the amazing roles Kelly that, that you play, yeah, Kelly Vetters, if you're the priest that married us, who's counting? All the roles you play, on top of all of that, you were also president and CEO of the Vetter Family Organization. We haven't talked about that a ton on the show here. We, we talk about it really about once a year, about this time of year, because of certain events coming up. Um, but I wanted to kind of touch on that. I wanted you to give your story. So you and our, our middle son, Lucas, have, and I say him lightly because he was nine when he started it, he's 12 now, but you have spearheaded the Lucas for Lucas initiative, right? And for those of you that, that don't know what Lucas for Lucas is, uh, we, we, by means of Carrie, my wife and my, my middle son, but really just Carrie, have raised a shit ton of money in the last four years, three or four years, to buy hands-free CPR devices for local fire departments based on a vision that a vision that was created by our, our then nine-year-old. Um, he told us his, this, this vision, he told us his plan, he wanted to raise money for these amazing devices, carry here, pick that shit up, and has spearheaded what has turned into a, a massive movement. We have placed these devices in every single fire truck in Livingston County, where we where we work anyways, where my office is, and now we've spread out. We're getting into different counties. We have we have people contacting the group, the organization from as far away as Texas, asking for help and for tips and, and these things. So I'm putting you in the hot seat all the more. So tell your story. How the hell did this start? How did you get so involved? And and what have you done? Because you've taken this thing from zero, from 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 the mind of a nine-year-old, this idea that he cooked up, to now, you've placed literally, you know, multiple six figures of these devices in in local fire trucks, and they're saving lives. How do you do it? 
Um, you could have warned me about some of those. Then things. it wouldn't be as much fun. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. Is the honest answer. Um, you were there, so Lucas came to us. Um, on people who do follow the story, as an orange piece of construction paper. Um, that he wrote on with a marker, his little business plan after we toured a fire department and one of the lieutenants said, showed him the Lucas device. So this thing is essentially, um, it's a hands-free CPR device, but it's a backpack format. So you can throw it on your back and run to a site, do whatever you need to do, but they have it strapped into the truck. And he talked about how much it really helps the firefighters with uh, how stressful manual CPR can be. And if anybody knows anything about it, and I have learned way more than I ever thought I would about it, but it's, uh, it's gruel. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. I mean, brutal. And there's all sorts of new times and regulations on it every year, it seems like. And now, you know, you have to change, what, like every minute with another person to do the CPR, which that's not always the case that's available. So if you get to an active site and um, you have to change in one minute and, you know, Carrie's done doing CPR. Hey, Matt, you know, you need to do it. Well, after Matt, there's, you know carries off doing something else. So, um, so fast forward from the orange construction sheet of paper, I reached out to the manufacturer of the device, found out that these things cost an upwards of $16,000 each. And there was no way that you or I were going to say no to his efforts. And we thought, well, okay, every dollar counts. And that's kind of what we've taglined it as every dollar does count. And it really actually is true. Every dollar does count. Um, I've done events where some people have given five and some people have written a check for $3,000, like at a little diner in the middle of a very small town that I thought was a complete waste, maybe of um, my huge efforts. And then I get slapped in the face each time I do these events and realize that it really is worth it. It's um, the power of good. It's the power of good and helping, helping yeah. people. And it's a ton of work. Because um, I don't know what I'm doing. People ask me like, oh, so this is what you, you know, you've done before. How long have you been doing this? And I'm like, never. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, the extent of my fundraising was maybe when I was a kid, um, you know, selling Girl Scout cookies. That's the extent. Well, so. you're, you're humble to a fault because what you've done is nothing short of amazing, hun. I can say that not just as your husband, but as as a business owner, an entrepreneur, the, the levels and the milestones you've crossed doing this quote unquote, silly little fundraiser have surpassed anything I ever thought we'd see, you know, and it's, it's saving lives. So let everybody know you've got a big ass event coming up here in, uh, just over just less than a week from the date that this will post. Okay. So we're going to post on Tuesday, the 7th of June. It's Tell them about your event. June 13th is the event. And what is it? Um, a golf outing. So it's our fourth annual charity golf outing at Heartland Glen in Michigan, um, Heartland Glen Golf Course. And I think the easiest way for people to follow us is on uh, Facebook, and it's Lucas for Lucas. So it's um, L-U-C-A-S-F-O-R-L-U-C-A-S. So a lot of people ask him, our middle son's name is Lucas. It is completely by chance um, that the device is actually called Lucas. And so, so the device itself is, is Lucas, L-U-C-A-S. It stands for the Lund University Cardiac Arrest System, I believe. If I'm, I'm just going to go with that. Yeah. 
Lund University is in Sweden, I think. That's where the doctor that created this magnificent thing is, is from. Yep. Um, but you guys heard it. Um, if you're in the area, we still have two, three teams, four teams maybe. However, we, we have a very little teams left before yeah. we have sold out the whole damn course. This is our fourth year. Carrie has done a absolutely fantastic job with this one, as as with the, all the ones previously. But if you're if you're local to Michigan, you want to come golf, you want to come drink some beer, you want to come buy it's raffle tickets or, or bid on auction items, show up, get in touch with us. It's next Monday, the 13th of June at Heartland Glen in Heartland, Michigan. Uh, if you're not in Michigan and you want to donate to the efforts, uh, you can contact Carrie through the Facebook page. It's lucas for lucas uh, and that'll give you everything you need. It's super easy. Yeah, and on there is a QR code, too, for our PayPal, like our nonprofit. I don't know if you saw that. Like, we're a registered nonprofit. It's the real shebang, the real deal. Yeah, so. So, Carrie, I know I, I threw this on you kind of last minute and said, hey, we're going to go up in the studio. Kind of last we're, minute? We're going to go up in the <laughs> studio and record a podcast right now. Um, uh, I appreciate you. I love you. Happy anniversary. Thank you for coming on and, and doing this little dance with me tonight. And I hope it wasn't too terrible. No, I survived. You survived. You did good. <laughs> you did very good. And I love you too. All right. With that, everybody, that has been this completely new and different episode of the Construction Corner podcast. Um, tune in the same time next week. We have another great interview coming up. Uh, but guys, we need some help. We keep talking about this, and, and lots of you are doing it, but we need to keep pushing it. So give us a like, but more importantly, share the show. If you got any any bit of benefit from the show today or ever at all, share it around. Send it to someone who needs to hear it. Send it to someone who's in the industry. Send it to someone who is thinking about the industry. Or send it to someone who just is is you know looking for a new mind frame and a new point of view on, on current topics and It'll help us out immensely. We can keep doing this and we'll go from there. So with that, again, thank you, Carrie. Thanks everybody for tuning in and we will catch you all next week.